And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 109. That's right, show number 109, and happy to be back on with you tonight here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Big snow day up here in the Northeast, everyone. Uh, we're going to be meeting Vernon Wright here in a moment. And I think his temperatures were in the 70s in Texas. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. But we just got past a big snow day here in the Northeast. And uh, man, it was great to have some time. It was great to just have some downtime after the holidays. And uh, looking back on the weekend, this was one of the first times I've stepped away from my officiating career that I was home four days in a row with not a lot on the table. So it feels great uh, heading into Christmas time and the Christmas season. I hope everyone had a great holiday um, and uh, just really excited to be back on. I'm really excited to talk with tonight's guest. Uh, again, we're going to meet here in a minute, Vernon Wright. Vernon has got a lot going on. He's got a lot of things in the hopper. Uh, the right leader is his tag, and, and we're going to meet Vernon in a minute. And uh, I'm grateful for his time and certainly his friendship. Uh, as, as always, we are live. Uh, if you have comments, if you have questions, uh, you want to ask something to Vernon or I on the show, please jump in uh, and, and ask those questions. All right. That being said, let's get started. Uh, one of the things that Vernon talks about, and I've heard him uh, on numerous venues and numerous times, talk about the vision board, right? We're in December of 2019. We have a just a couple weeks left to the new year, right? And people right away start thinking, what do, what do I want to do in the new year? What do I want to accomplish? And those goals kind of creep up, right? And then they then they go away, right? Because people get back into their routine and they get going. Um, and Vernon talks about the vision board that you have to see it every day, right? Put it in a prominent spot, touch it, say it out loud and, and put those goals and those dreams uh, on that vision board. And one of my sponsors here, I just got the uh, Coaching and Leadership Journal, the newest uh, version today, the December version. And as always, right, here's leadership lessons from Rudolph, uh, you know, uh, very timely. But as I was browsing through it today, I found here four steps to getting what you want, right? So again, that vision board, and I'm going to ask Vernon about his, right, the, the things that you put on your vision board. And again, here, in the leadership coaching and leadership journal is a great article about the steps to getting things you want. So number one, take time every day to ask, what do I want and what do I have to do to get it? Right. If those goals are on there and you're looking at them every day, right, your, your vision, uh, uh, what do I have to do to get it? Number time. Number two, spend time with people who have what you want. Right. That's one of the great things about podcasts. Right. Vernon's going to talk about all the things he's got going on an apparel company, a consulting company, speaking, all of those things he's doing in education. Right. If that's something that you want to do, Vernon's a guy that you want to be around. Number three, burn the boats. And this is a lesson from Alexander the Great about his invasion uh, on the shores of Persia and ordered his ships burned. We either go home in Persian ships or we die. Right. Go all in, right? Burn the boats. Uh, that's the name of my buddy's uh, um, CrossFit, right? Burn the ships, right? Going all in 
on that physical uh, fitness. And lastly, make inaction incredibly painful, right? We get very comfortable, right? That's why New Year's uh, resolutions don't work, right? You go back into your old habits, your old routines. So getting out of that comfort zone, and if you don't do it, uh, what it is the things that you're trying to accomplish? Do you find yourself? Do you, you know, deprive yourself of things that you want, right? So make inaction uncomfortable. And those are, you know, four things that I found very purposeful. And again, getting to your goals, getting to your vision board. So as we are here in early December 2019, what are those things that you want on your vision board uh, going into the new year and those goals that you want to accomplish? And what are the things that you're going to do to get there? So that being said, let's meet our guest. I certainly, yeah, I talk too much here, but someone else who's not shy to talk, and I know there he is, <laughs> Vernon Wright. Welcome to the program, Vernon. Well, 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 we come together, my friend. It is absolutely my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be uh, with you all here in the audience. Andrew, man, you know, we, we go back a ways. Uh, maybe we'll get into that a little bit here in the show, but uh, love your work. I've always loved your work. And, you know, we talked a little bit about um, how your reach is diversified, right? We talked a little bit about that offline. I know everybody always wants to know the behind the scenes tips, right? <laughs> what happens behind the scenes, but uh, we talked a bit about a little bit about that offline, about your reach, man, and uh, just love it, man. And and uh, so honored and grateful to be on your show today. Uh, I hail from the Dallas Fort Worth, uh, Texas area. For those of you that are familiar with that, uh, Dallas Cowboys. I know that might be uh, considered heresy to some folks out there. But, uh, up here in the north. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, but let me say this: uh, in a moment of transparency and authenticity, we are struggling a little bit as a team, right? The Dallas Cowboys. But uh, so privileged and blessed, man, to have started many, many, many years ago as a teacher. Um, got uh, introduced, I guess you should say, to uh, teacher leadership. Had some folks approach me and say, "Hey." Uh, you've been doing a good job uh, in the uh, classroom teacher role. Have you ever thought about anything beyond that? And um, typically, one of the things that I share on podcast is when I was approached about any type of leadership, uh, I am reminded for those that are seasoned enough. Notice I didn't say old enough. For those that are seasoned enough to remember, there used to be a band in the 80s named The Flock of Seagulls, and they had this song called I Ran. And uh, that was really like a theme song for me because that's what I did when I was initially initially approached years ago was I ran and I ran so far away, not literally, but figuratively, because I didn't want to have anything to do with leadership. But how many of you know that you have that one person in your life that truly is a godsend? And uh, we'll get into this a little bit more, but but uh, I will drop this bonus. Is it okay for me to drop a bonus already, Andrew? Keep dropping, man. Keep dropping. All right. Here's a bonus right for you. And you guys know anytime that Andrew is around, the Andrew Murata show, you do not come to that without the ability to take copious notes. So this <laughs> is probably when you want to start taking copious notes, folks. But um, I often share this um, with folks that, that are in my professional and personal circles, and that's this. People come into your life for a reason and for a season. And I'll say that one again. People come into your life for a reason and for a season. And I had someone come into my life at the time professionally, and she believed in me, saw a potential in me, and saw beyond what, what I ever could have seen 
at the time. And uh, I took her up on what she saw in me. And um, she was really like at the time, really like a second mother to me. And uh, just so grateful and honored that she did that. And so progressed through the ranks, uh, went back to school, got this little thing called a master's degree once upon a time. Did some time as an administrative intern um, at a high school level. Uh, also uh, spent some time as part of campus leadership uh, as well after that, and then got the opportunity a few years ago uh, to go ahead and serve on a higher level at the district level. And so typically for me within that official role, I support uh, campuses uh, and within that uh, supporting principals and teachers and everybody in between. I, I love um, really being connected with folks out there that are an active part of the learning experience. And uh, for those that, that know me and have known me over the years, I will talk to anyone in a school building. I will talk to the custodians, which I do. I'll talk to the food service. I'll talk to everyone because it takes a lot of different parts to make, uh, to make the learning experience happen. It does. So thank you again. I know that's a lot, right? Thank you again <laughs> for having me on the show, man. It's a pleasure, Vernon, and uh, again, admiring your work and the things you're doing. Uh, and in the opening segment, right, I talked about one of the things that that, that you do, Vernon, and you, you've shared with, with education leaders is that vision board, right? So on the eve of, of, of New Year's Eve here in, in December, you know, what are some things that you're looking at? What are some things on your vision board that you have right in front of you and then you have, you know, further down the road? Right. Excellent question. Thank you so much. And no, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't pay Andrew to go ahead and give me that question. <laughs> Although it was a timely one. It's a great one. So uh, hopefully, again, this is going to be the second uh, admonition, if you will, dare I use that word, uh, to take copious notes. So I'm going to go ahead and hit you up with three words, folks, and that's connect, impact, scale. And uh, we'll say that one again a little slower. Connect, impact, and scale, connect, impact, and scale. And so everything that we talk about in this episode, I want you to really see it through the lens of those three words, connect, impact, and scale. So those that have been to my home, uh, they know that in my home, I have not just one vision board, I actually have two vision boards. And what I have um, really done as far as really, um, I guess we wanna call it my own moments of introspection and reflection over the years is I have really come to understand and to see myself as multifaceted. Uh, and I often ask educators this, how many educators have been at the grocery store or the mall and you saw a student from your school and they were surprised because you're an actual regular normal human being, right? They just see you within one role, which is the educator role, but you're much more than that. And so my vision board vision boards, I should say, reflect not only short-term goals, they reflect long-term goals as well. So you may be wondering, well, Vernon, that's cool. Uh, what are some of the things that you would be looking at? Well, some of the things I look at are things that are involving business. Uh, how can we expand the reach? How can we have impact with people? How can we provide value? Which is what we're doing right now, as a matter of fact, folks, we're providing value. Uh, as well, relationships with different individuals. And uh, let me say this also, too, as well. If you do not have a mentor, you need to have one. You need to have a mentor if you do not have a mentor. I am uh, very blessed and fortunate to have this thing called a mastermind group. And some of you may be familiar with that. Some of you may not. 
Uh, there is a book, and again, we're taking copious notes. I'll throw the name of this book out there um, by uh, a gentleman. He has passed uh, since passed many years ago, but very famous book worldwide. The name of the book is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he talks about the power of a mastermind group. So if you don't have a mastermind group, get one. If you don't know what a mastermind is, research it and look it up. But it all starts really with one mentor in your life. And I said this um, a few months ago at a retirement party for a friend of mine that was retiring uh, after almost 25 years in the Navy. And as we were sitting there, Andrew, um, you know, a very formal gala and really having this good time and just reflecting on the past 25 years, right? Uh, I looked at uh, all of the folks at that table and I said this to them. I said, quality people make the difference in your life. Quality people make the difference in your life. And let me say this. I don't know who this is for, but if it's for you, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say, catch it, write it down. It's for you. Uh, some of you aspire to do more. You aspire to be more. You aspire to go to the next level, but you're around people who don't. And and they uh, just to be very uh, honest with you and uh, very matter of fact with you, very authentic and transparent with you. Uh, you're trying to take someone to the next level that doesn't want to go. And that's either professionally and or personally. And so this episode and really our coming together is a time of maybe uh, introspection for you. And so uh, on those two vision boards in various areas where I will live and, and things I will drive and um, things I will do in business and, and really, you know, much more so beyond material things, one of the things that folks might be surprised to know is that uh, on those two vision boards, the most important thing is what can be the impact to society and humankind? What can I do to reach as many people as possible to add value? So we could we could spend hours on the two vision boards. Could be the whole show. Hopefully that helps some. Yeah. No, it's a great concept, right? And and going into New Year's, it is important to visualize those things, uh, and then certainly like learn from the people that that are doing it, just like you said, um, Vernon. Let another. Me say, let me say this real quick, Andrew, if I may, uh, and this kind of goes to that as well, because I know sometimes in education we really don't talk about things like goals and vision boards, and you know we talk about goals, but typically what context is it within? It's within either a an individual student goal for student performance, right? Or uh, it's within the context of a campus's goal in terms of campus performance overall, or maybe it's even in terms of context, the context of a school district or region's performance overall. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we talk about and those are all areas that have merit. Right. I mean, we all know that that have been in the business for a while. Um, but when do we start to actually look at those things through the lens lenses of our own lives? Right. So they have merit in those other contexts, but they have merit in our own lives as well. And I want to introduce, um, want to introduce, I should slow down. So excited to be on the show. <laughs> uh, great show. And again, if you're not connected to Andrew Murata, folks, you need to do that ASAP, A-S-A-P. Um, but one of the things that I want to go ahead and share with those that are out there listening is one of the things that a mentor shared with me many years ago, and that's this, to live a life by design, a life that is a deliberate life. Uh, I was talking to someone uh, earlier today and uh, 
they were talking to me about some different things that they were going through. And uh, uh, one of the things I mentioned to them is what a mentor had mentioned to me many years ago. And it's true. And the mentor told me, he said, if we went down to the mall right now, the mall, the grocery store, what have you, and uh, we picked 100 people at random. He said, typically, maybe about 80 of those 100 folks uh, don't have any goals. They don't have any idea of what their goals would be. And out of those 20 that are left, maybe five of those folks actually have goals and they have the goals written down or in some other way documented. So the specificity you talked about was really important, but I want folks to understand this. Uh, You're the master of your destiny. You're able to decide. You have control. You have power. You have the opportunity. And for some folks that are watching this, you came watching this thinking, "Okay, well, this is another Facebook live chat and this is good and everything. But uh, you just walked into your confirmation. You just walked into it. I like it, Vernon. I like it. Another one of the things that you, you say a lot and you're living, you're, you're living proof of that is the zero apology zone, right? That's a, a concept that you've kind of taken and, you, and you're, you're pushing. Where did that come from, Vernon? And did you did you tick someone off for that? that <laughs> you know, and then where did that come from and what does it mean for, for educators? Right. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. And and I get asked that question uh, often, and it's a question that that I just absolutely enjoy, and I'm thrilled to answer uh, and to share with folks. And really, it's this: um, you know, during moments of introspection in both my personal and professional lives, um, you know, I came to a knowledge, and and really beyond a knowledge, right? How many of you know that knowledge is kind of surface level? but a true understanding and a deep revelation is really many levels um, below that, right beneath that. And so I really came to, to this revelation and this deeper, deeper understanding uh, in my heart, my mind and my spirit that there were certain things that um, to me were noble. There were certain things that absolutely I was going to stand up for, whether it was with uh, one person in dialogue or whether it was with 1 million people in dialogue. I was going to stand up for. And so one of the things that I started doing was on my uh, Twitter post. For those of you that are not following me on Twitter, it's the at sign, the right leader altogether. Um, is I started saying dot, 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 and with zero apologies and with no apologies. And so I was talking to a couple of folks one day and uh, we started kicking around this thing. And um, the zero apology zone was born, hashtag zero apology zone. And so with that, what it's become is it has really um, stood for and does still stand for those who don't have a voice and those who have a voice, but they're afraid to speak. And let me say this right now, there's some of you that are out there right now and you feel like you don't have a voice. You feel like no one understands you. You feel like, you know what, Vernon, I'm just here. Nobody understands me. No one gets me. I wish that there was someone out there that could really identify with me and and someone who, you know, um, was living out this boldness and this deep conviction of purpose and this deep conviction of of values. Right. And things that were meaningful to them. That's the zero apology zone. That's what we're about. And they're those folks that are out there and they have a voice, but they're afraid to speak for whatever reason. Well, you know, we have a platform 
and we use that platform to speak on behalf of others. And there's some of you that are out there right now, and I want to go ahead and say this, and I say this quite often when I do speaking engagements, the test of a real true leader is not the title on the business card. It's not the position on the organizational chart. It's not even the reserve parking spot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the real test of a leader is their influence. Because if a leader has influence, they can get people to move mountains. And if you haven't read it, folks, or listen to it, because it's on audiobook as well. I'm a huge fan of audiobooks. Uh, listen to or and or read John Maxwell's The Five Laws of Leadership, mm -hmm. The Five mm -hmm. Levels of Leadership, rather. John Maxwell's The Five Levels of Leadership. So absolutely, positively check out that book, John Maxwell. And so with that, right, with that, the zero apology zone has grown because people have identified, Andrew, and they've said, you know what, Vernon, that's me. Standing up for other people, that's me. Being bold for other people and on their behalf, that's me. Letting people know that it's it's the not only is it okay, but it's the right thing to stand up for things. That's me, Vernon. Sign me up. And so the zero apology zone, I'm just so humbled and so honored to be associated with such a great group of individuals that are like-minded. And as I tell folks all the time, we're out there. We're your neighbors. We're standing next to you in the line at the grocery store. Our car is behind yours at the car wash. We're next to you in the schools. We're next to you in the community. We're out there and we're fighting for you to make sure that your voice is heard. And there's some folks that are out there that are saying, you know what? I wish I had the platform that Andrew has. And I wish I had the platform that Vernon has. Well, let me go ahead and say this to you real quick. If you have that platform, you know, it comes with a responsibility, folks. It comes with a responsibility. And um, well, anyway. So I'll say this, connect, impact, scale, connect, impact, scale, zero apology zone. And there are many things in life that we do not, we should not, and we won't make any apologies for. Zeroapologyzone.com. Beautiful, Vernon. You know, speaking of connecting and influence, right? You have powerful words there. You've connected with so many educators around around the country that have become friends of yours, mentors for you, uh, and really, you know, it's a, it's a diverse group, right? Here's a guy from Texas uh, that's connected with the Disrupt Ed TV group in New Jersey, Chris Felicello in, in New York, um, Evan Robb in Virginia, right? These are people that, that you've formed tight bonds with. In your PLN, how does that happen, right? You talked about having a platform and you've grown that platform, uh, Vernon, but how did you connect with such a diverse group of people from all around the country? Two things, folks, two things. Are you taking copious notes? We told you, we told <laughs> you you're ready to take copious notes at the beginning, folks. Two things, people are placed into your life for a reason and for a season. And second thing is this, the second thing is this. Spirits speak to spirits. Now, on the streets, we have a, a vernacular for that, Andrew, here in Texas. We have a vernacular for that. The vernacular is this, real, recognize real, right? 
So when I talk to you, Andrew, and you say, well, yeah, you know, Vernon, man, and these are some of the challenges that I experienced when when uh, I was a, in campus administrator. And these are some of the things. And we start having this dialogue. Right. And I start telling you about once upon a time when I got a phone call at two thirty in the morning because the school had been broken into. Mm. Uh, you know, and you have those kinds of crazy things that happen when you're part of campus administration. When we start to have that dialogue. Right. I know that you're real. I don't have to say, well, I wonder if Andrew is. I wonder if Andrew even has his master's degree. I wonder if Andrew is even, I know because of your experience, right? And I can tell there's a knowing, right? When you meet the right people at the right place, at the right time and in the right season in your life, there is a connection, folks. There is no coincidence and it is uncanny. And I just want to go ahead and say, you know, really to Evan and Laura, Rob, Chris Felicello, Rich Allen and Chris, the other Chris uh, at Disrupt Ed TV. Uh, many of the folks, Tara Martin, Dave Burgess, Tom Murray, um, George Kuros, all of these phenomenal individuals that I have been able to go ahead and, and become friends with folks. That it has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to learn from them. But you know what I've seen, Andrew? Can I, can I be real with folks? Come on. Can I be real with them? Let me be real with them because, you know, they see these people and they say, oh, Vernon, you know, and, and um, you know, their book is released and, and, and they're just this and they're that and they're just folks, they're normal people. But you know what they are? To quote the Captain Dave Burgess himself, they became relentless. Mm. They had a passion and they became relentless, folks. And let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. And I know my good friends at EduMatch are also listening as well. Shout out to Sarah Thomas and Mandy Fraley. All right. And Dr. Will, I know you may be out there as well as part of the uh, EduMatch team. When you realize your passion and you go all in, folks, <laughs> what you're going to live out in your life in terms of being profoundly awesome, you have not even started to imagine. Three P's, right? Three P's. Folks, are you ready? Three P's. We told you, be ready to take copious notes. Three P's. People, purpose, passion. People, purpose, passion. People, purpose, passion. So people ask me a lot, just like you did, Andrew. They're like, you know, zero apologies on Vernon. You know, what's that about? And uh, is it about the T-shirts and, and the apparel and the other things? Um, no, it's not. And I'm going to tell you, typically, I, I don't you know, really share kind of this story, but I'll share a little bit about the story of how the ZeroApologyZone.com uh, website came about, the apparel site, because originally it started out as the TheRightLeader.com. Now it's the ZeroApologyZone.com. Uh, I so um, fervently believe in the values, and I know we're going to talk about the specific words here in just a second or two. I so fervently believe in those that, you know what I said one day? Uh, I was at home one day with my mind on success and success on my mind. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and make my own apparel and I make my own statement everywhere I go. And that's how it was born, folks. I didn't make the apparel and create the website and do all this other stuff to sell to people, you know, across the world. I just created it to go ahead and be my own way of, of really sharing this message of these values that, that I believe so deeply in. 
But when you create something that resonates with people and it touches their soul and touches their spirit, folks, it becomes like the zeroapologyzone.com has become, it becomes something bigger than yourself. And then you start to understand the first P, purpose. And let me say this, folks. Purpose guides, passion drives. Let me say that again. Some of you may be wondering, you know, Vernon, I, I lack direction. What do I do? And, and search for purpose. Search for meaning. Once you find the purpose, that's when you go with the passion. So, so in other words, the purpose is the steering wheel. The passion is the accelerator. So we don't want to step on the accelerator before we get the steering wheel down, right? And we give ourselves direction. And so these are things that, to be very honest with you folks, we should be teaching all of our children before they graduate and they go to college. They should all be taught these things because these are life skills. Vernon, these are great sayings, right? They can roll off your tongue and you could tell your, you know, way you speak, it just it's pouring out of you. Let me ask you this, Vernon, you know, you're speaking presentations, you know, tell me about, you know, a, a boxer's going in, he trains for a certain match, a football team, they're studying, they're watching plays, all that stuff. What do you do before you go into a presentation? How do you plan how you're going to connect with your audience? What are some, some things that you do to help you get ready for these presentations that you want to be on your A-plus game? Number one, the first thing I do is I pray. And, and I ask God, God, what would you have me go ahead and speak to the people about? What would you have me give to them? What would you, what and what is something, what are the things that need to be said that somebody has said, you know what, Vernon, you don't know me. You never met me, but I travel 500 miles. I travel 2000 miles. I travel however many miles to come to this conference, hoping that I would get my answer. Mm. So I pray and I meditate and I sit still. And, and quick shout out to Glenn Robbins, uh, Tabernacle School District up there in New Jersey for giving me a book on meditation about being still. Meditation is key. You need quiet time in your life, folks, every single day. And, and it would be a good thing to do it in the mornings first thing before all the other things get started up. But that's the first thing I do. And then the second thing that I do is I ask myself, if I were going to this conference and I was in the position of a conference attendee, what would I be looking for? What, what am I looking for? And, and I'll go ahead and drop this bonus, folks, because you, you guys seem to be a good group. I'll drop this bonus. One of the mistakes speakers make, especially in education, is they go into educational sessions to speak just about education. Mm -hmm. And you know what they miss, folks? They miss that educators are human beings. And and uh, let me give you guys, can I give them another bonus? <laughs> I'm running out of paper, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll give you guys another bonus, sir. Copious notes. Yeah, I got you. It's copious <laughs> notes. We told you, folks. Andrew and I told you. You can't say we didn't tell you. One of the things that I share a lot in my coaching and consulting sessions are what are called the two C's, the two C's, the two C's, ladies and gentlemen, specifically in education, curriculum and culture. 
curriculum and culture. In education, we have this tendency to focus on curriculum, right? Because that's what needs to be taught. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're national standards, state standards, local standards. They're all these different standards, right? The stuff that needs to be taught. I mean, there's some stuff, uh, it's in textbooks, some stuff's electronic. I mean, we got all these whiz-bang ways to talk about curriculum, right? To show curriculum, to interact and engage with curriculum. But guess what happens, folks? And when I say this, this is the confirmation that somebody was waiting for to say, Vernon and Andrew, you're speaking to my situation right now and you don't even know it. Sometimes folks put curriculum before culture. Mm. And let me say this, folks, I don't care how good your teaching is. You could be a national board certified teacher, work at a blue ribbon school. I mean, uh, tons of accolades, right? Critical acclaim. But if curriculum is placed before culture and culture is made up of what? It's made up of the people, folks. If you guys haven't figured it out, we have individuals, we have human beings that do this thing called teaching. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't have robots in schools doing all the teaching. We have teachers, right? We have human beings. When we put curriculum before culture and we really put curriculum before human beings, we have campus cultures that denigrate. And I'm going to say this, another bonus that, that sometimes I talk about on Twitter is this. We talk about social emotional learning, SEL, as we call it in the business. We talk about that for kids. But when are we going to talk about it for adults? Mm -hmm. And as a mentor said to me many years ago, and I'll share it with you all here today. You can't pour into someone else from an empty container. And some of you right now, you you came into, as people would say, uh, you know, that sometimes maybe have driven their cars uh, as long as they could before actually stopping at a gas station. Some of you guys made it to this episode on fumes. Well, you have filled them up here, Vernon, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you made it on fumes. And so two C's, curriculum, culture. Folks, build the culture, then implement the curriculum. And I'll share this quick story, super duper quick. Many years ago, I was, in, I was an administrative intern. I was a department chair at the time. I was a department chair person. And I was at a school that was a repurposed school. It was a project-based learning school. And during the summer, you know, in service, right? Uh, we were going through all of these different trainings and all these different things. And we spent probably, Andrew, to be honest with you, about two or three weeks just on school culture. And I'd been in the business for a while at that point in my career, right? I, I was not a rookie. And I remember asking the principal at a time, at the time, I said, you know, sir, uh, no disrespect, but we're spending a lot of time on school culture. Why, why do we do, why are we doing that? It, it, this is precious time while the kids are not here. We could be working on curriculum and doing lesson plans and all this other stuff. You know what he did, Andrew? He looked at me and he said, Vernon, he said, these investments in school culture will pay off for the rest of the year. And I had a, a just a, a, a lesson, a real life lesson I will never forget. We had some students transfer into our school, two students, two high school freshmen, and they wanted to fight. They were not part of the school culture because they were new, right? Mm -hmm. And that school culture was so strong and it was so student driven that we did not have fights. 
And as these two students that were transfer students started to, as we were saying, street language, square up, right? And they got ready to go ahead and exchange some blows. As we would say, for those that read the student code of conduct and are have been responsible for discipline, like I was once upon a time, <laughs> the terms mutual combatants. <laughs> okay. And uh, they got ready to square up. And so one of the students that was there when we opened the school, she looked at both of the students and she asked them this question. She said, what are y'all doing? And they both said, well, I'm getting ready to hit him and I'm upset at him, so forth and so on. She turned and looked at them. And at this point, if you've ever worked at the secondary level, the high school level, you know that by this point, there's a crowd. There's a small crowd. Okay. She looked at the both of them, Andrew, and this is what she said. And this is as we were standing there, right? We were getting ready to break up the fight. She looked at the both of these students and she said, we don't do that here. And they looked at each other, Andrew, and they were like, what did she just say? And she looked at them again and she said, we don't do that here. We don't fight here. And the other students that were standing around her, they said, yeah, we don't fight here. Maybe you did that at the school that you came from, but here we don't fight. Andrew, in my career, the first and only time I've seen a fight diffused so quickly without any blows being thrown. The big C knocked them out of culture, right? Yes, sir. Hey Vernon, we uh, we have run out of time here. You've oh my Yeah, it goes like that, right? It feels like we just started talking, uh, but I squeezed in a couple of rapid fires, right? I had to shake yes. some off here, but I I I, I, I picked three out, and these are okay. rapid fire, quick answers here. Uh, here we go, real quick. Last movie you saw? Last movie? Uh, <laughs> should I admit this as a dad? Come on now. As a dad of a daughter, Frozen. Frozen too, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I As was a dad there. of a daughter, Frozen. Yes, yes. And I know you were singing too. Uh, <laughs> I am a fan of blank in Texas. I'm a fan of Texas barbecue, folks. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that one of my uh, Thanksgiving leftovers was brisket tacos. And those were keto tacos, by the way, for those of you that follow the keto plan. How many bow ties do you own? I own roughly about 30. 30 bow ties. They're ties? They're ties? The true ties? I tie on myself, folks, right? Here's, here's what I'm going to do, folks. Just so you see. <laughs> I tie on myself, folks, right there. There we go, folks. <laughs> he's, giving you, he's giving you all the secrets today. Right there, folks. All the secrets. It's, we're, we're in the bonus round right now, folks. Here we go. Vernon, this was great. Um you had a lot of quotes here. Again, I, I filled my paper. I got copious notes. What, what's, a, what's a quote that you want to leave us with? Something that, you know, is meaningful to you and, and, and those that you work with. Here's what I'm going to say. And it's on uh, a few of the backs of the T-shirts that are on my website. Zeroapologyzone.com, by the way, is this. Never wait for permission from someone else to be great. Your dreams say yes. Bet on yourself. Let me say that again, folks. Never, ever wait for someone else's permission to be great. Your dreams say yes. Bet on yourself. And put those dreams on your vision board. This was Vernon Wright. Vernon, how can people get in touch with you? Folks, if you're looking to get in touch with me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at sign the right leader, T-H-E-W-R-I-G-H-T-L-E-A-D-E-R, therightleader.com, and as well, of course, for the apparel company, 
thezeroapologyzone.com as well. Coaching and consulting. If you're interested in coaching and consulting, reach out to me, DM me either on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll go ahead and talk to you about uh, how that takes place and what that is. And if you're interested in that, let me go ahead and ask your ask you all this question, a rhetorical one. Take copious notes. What does version 2.0 of you look like in 2020? Vernon Wright, everyone. Vernon, thank you so much, my friend. It has been my pleasure, my honor, my privilege, folks, to get connected with Andrew. Phenomenal work. Love the work that you're doing, brother. Let's go to the next level for the rest of 2019 and into 2020. Let's make next level moves. Vernon Wright here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Vernon, I appreciate it, brother. Uh, thank you, sir. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Hang tight, Vernon. I'll be right with you. Thank you.